we have breaking news this just in we have limited edition t-shirts and hoodies available on the website on officiallounge.com get yours while they last everything's for sale like and subscribe now back to this episode The Unofficial Lounge with Ashante, Craybon, and Monty. We're here to give you the insight into some of the biggest plays you remember involving the people wearing the stripes. We look at the grit it takes to become an official while exploring the history of officiating with the people who made it. It's more than black and white. On this episode of the Unofficial Lounge, we talk to coordinator of officials of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Mr. Eddie Kelly. But red, you know, and you don't know red, and you ever heard first down. Red always said that, you know, don't go out there being red cat. Don't be trying to be the next red. Go out there and be the best you. Mr. Kelly talks about the new coach at Jackson State University, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Well, he, he brings prime time to us, you know. Uh, I think he'll be able to recruit Florida. And I think he coached a high school down in Dallas, so he'll be able to recruit Texas. And of course, in his home state now, Mississippi, you know, and probably Louisiana in between. And so. I think it's it's a feather in our cap, you know. I think it'll bring more exposure to the SWAC also, you know, where the TV affiliates may want to pick up an extra game or two from the SWAC, which gives our officials opportunity to showcase their talents, you know. So I think it's, it's, it's a win-win situation. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Unofficial Lounge. We are joined today by Mr. Eddie Kelly. Eddie grew up in Lufkin, Texas. He has a beautiful wife, four beautiful daughters. He has been officiating football since 1987. Eddie and his career highlights some of them, but many. Five SWAT championship games, three Bayou Classics. Eddie still coaches for his middle school, head football coach, also coaches Will Cross Country. He's the coach of coaches. He, so he is the men of men. He has helped out a lot of people when it comes to the world of officiating. His candor and his skill, his people skills, has elevated him to become now the supervisor of officials of the SWAT conference. Please, everybody, welcome to the unofficial lounge, Mr. Eddie Kenny. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. How you doing, boss? I'm good. I'm good, Mr. Jordan. Don't get fired on your day off, Ashante, okay? That's number one rule today. It has happened. (laughs) (laughs) And they scared to have it happen again. (laughs) I ain't Craig, man. I ain't Craig on Friday. So, So, Eddie, to get this started, you know, tell us about growing up in Lufkin. That's a nice town, man, about 30,000 people or so. You know, football is king there. We had – football season, basketball season, and then spring football season, you know. Now, we played the other sports in between, but those were the things that were important, you know. And 
we lived it, you know, and football was one of those things that uh, we all really grew up around um, for integration to the high school in Lufkin that we went to was Dunbar High School and they had like a 66 game winning streak. These guys were like kings around there, you know. And uh, of course in my days, we couldn't match that, but you know, we uh, went seven, two and one my junior year and five and five my senior year caused a lot of injuries, you know, but it's good to be on the, the winning side, you know. Winning is always better than, than not. So, it's funny, Lufkin Eddie. is a great place to grow up, you know. It's funny, Eddie, to describe to somebody in California, that, like in the South, like if you don't play football, that's like a that's like a knock on you. If you like, hey, it's like tell people like, hey, you, when you in the South that you play football, people give you like that little bit more added respect growing up. Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, I had a good friend who kind of made me pause on that when um. Uh, He's a drum player, right? And got band and stuff now, you know, and he's in a band in high school, you know. And we was like you, you know, we, we really didn't give him no respect, but you know, he said, Hey, I was on the bus with a lot of girls. <laughs> the same thing happened for a with me, Eddie. We had a drum player, he came out for practice tour days and he went back to the band and then it clicked four years later, like, oh, he was with the drum majors. Hey man, you know, I I had to give him his props for that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> makes <You're> sense. Right. <laughs> you got you to choose your friends wisely. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, I love football, but uh, that made me kind of cut him some slack when they <laughs> they, they were in the band. You know, just for the bus trip and nothing else. Yeah. So, Eddie, you you left Lufkin to go to Texas State University. Texas Southern. Texas Southern. Sorry. Even though. Texas State, you know, is a nice place because my baby girl just graduated from Texas State down in San Marcos, you know, and they try to call themselves TSU, but we are the TSU. And the people that go to Tennessee State, they are not TSU. It's only one TSU, and that's Texas Southern University. Talk that talk, Eddie. Get that that right, you know. (laughs) So you have one daughter going to uh, TSU. The fake one. Uh, what, what about your other three daughters? Uh, the oldest one went to DTSU also. And um, the one up under her graduated from Preview. And I understand that's the enemy. <laughs> but she had a full ride in engineering. And so I, I ain't mad at them. I, I give them some love. And uh, the next one was out there with y'all. She graduated from Southern Cal. So, and then the baby girl, of course, uh, graduated from Texas State here this May. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations. So, Eddie, let's let's jump right into it. What what started you out in officiating? What made you go from a player to wearing the stripes? Great question. You know, um, we had an older brother, our oldest brother. Officiated. He actually officiated some of my games in in middle school and in high school, you know, and uh, down in Lufkin. And one Saturday, my brother that's under me, Dunn, and I were at my house, you know, and we basically bought a case of beer and pizza and was watching football, you know, on Saturday. And he called up, you know, and we were talking and uh, he say, what y'all doing? And we told him. 
He said, you know, that sounds good. I just got off the PUE field and I got about $200 here. I'm go get me a case of beer and some pizza, you know. And it kind of hit us that he was spending other folks' money and we were spending our hard earned money from working on ours, you know. So that kind of lit the light bulb in us. And he and uh, another brother that I have here, James, one that's a chef, we all uh, started up the next year, you know, and been at it ever since, man. It, it, it's a great fraternity, you know, to know guys like yourself on the West Coast and know guys on the East Coast and up north and stuff from officiating. It, it, it's, it's a great thing. I'm glad we got started on that. But my older brother was the reason why I got started. Okay, okay so, so when – the peewee so what made you want to make that bump up to go to the high school level good question also you know i was perfectly happy with doing peewees and junior highs and stuff you know and uh learning the craft and watching guys and then you know it's that word of mouth thing you know some cats you work with say hey man you can work you ought to think about getting on a crew you know and here in houston excuse me we were uh top heavy with a bunch of older guys and stuff but with five-man crews, we worked to be, I mean, you would be a Division three and a Division two sometimes, starting at one, all over to go to a five. And it's cats that wouldn't be on the crew because it just wasn't any spots, you know. And uh, like now, we got cats that get on a crew that's a Division four because we're running seven-man crews and stuff. And, and the fact now, we got like 80 crews, you know. But uh, – the thing is that uh, you had to grind, you know. So just word of mouth from other officials saying that, you know, hey, man, I think you can work, you know. And basically it kind of started that same way that once I uh, was doing pretty well in high school, it was cast to say, hey, man, you can work. You ought to try college, you know. So it was the same way. Unfortunately, you know, I, I did that camp thing for like 10 years before I finally got – the breakthrough, you know, but you know that that's something I tell people all the time. If if it's a goal of yours and it's something you really want to do, don't let anybody. I know it's a family show and I don't want to get to, but don't let nobody piss on your parade. You know, if you really want to do it, just stay at it. You know, grind, and good things will happen. You know, and it was funny when uh when I came out to Reno, you know, which was big bucks for us to come out there, you know, and fly out there and pay that almost just a grand in. Right. And Craven was there too, you know. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that was, when I look back through that book, man, there's a lot of good cats that was out there, man. Yeah. Marlo, Marlo was on my crew. Uh, I had Hugo Cruz on my crew, you know, just from at Reno, you know. And not only that, I had uh, Tony Corrette was one of the guys that – uh critique me, you know, because I, listening to other people and stuff, I would never go as a referee, which I was, you know, but that was the thing that they would always say back then that, hey, nobody will hire you as a referee. Right. You know, they move you from other positions, but then out there was where I learned the fact that go where you're comfortable, where that you know you're, that's your natural position. And then they they might move you, but they'll know, you know, He's got it. that you can work. So, it. you know, and uh, 
what's her man's name? Rivera? Okay, Randy. Ken, 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 Ken Rivera. You know, Ken begged me to be a referee. You know, he uh, he was in Houston at a camp that I was here with. Uh, George Coleman was running. And he pulled me out of the camp. Of course, I was working line judge then. And he was like, Eddie Kelly. You know, Ken was. <laughs> <laughs> I really need you to work referee. I hear you are a referee. I said, yeah, Ken, but they ain't going to hire me as a referee. <laughs> <laughs> And I know we all supposed to say these nice things about going to camp that I'm going to get better. And I said, I, I've been doing that for years, you know, but uh, I'm asked to get hired, you know. So uh, it, it worked out real well, you know, out there, you know, with uh, Tony gave me some good things and stuff, you know, and it went well. And uh, I uh, had a great time out there. And then, uh, I got to talk to Walt one-on-one -on -one out there because he was the only one in, in my footprint at that time, you know. And oh, okay. We had a little catch, too, here in the Houston area where it was either the SWAC or Conference USA, Southland, Big 12, and that was it, you know. So their thing was, you need some college experience. Well, if y'all want to hire me, hire my I'm going to get it. You're right. <laughs> you know? There's a chicken and an egg problem here, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. So uh, before I, I went to Reno, uh, had a, a friend of mine. Well, we became friends. And uh, he's a big-time referee in, in the 12. Uh, my man, Chief, he's a... Uh, and I just went blank with his name, Crystal, Randy Crystal. Okay. Remember Randy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I always uh, went to Blend to do the clinic as a referee. You know, the rest of them I went in line, judge, whatever. But I go to Blend to get some stuff from from Randy and uh, some of the Bible was always there, you know, and stuff. And they were like the two top dogs in the 12, you know, and, and to get my crew ready for the season and this and that, you know, especially when you're doing 24 to – and kind of play all 30 games a year, you know, I had to be on top of my game to referee, right? So um, at that time, uh, Millis was over the 12 right before Walt got it, you know, and they picked out a crew that they wanted to see Saturday morning at Blinn. And I was a referee for that crew. And Randy was the observer. You know, they take us in and watch, watch the game film after that. And there was a couple of cats from Austin in there. You know, Brian Ernest was one of them. He's a back judge in the 12 now. And uh, a couple more guys. And so Randy was critiquing us and telling us this and that. You know, and he'd say, guys, I'm sorry. I'm a referee. I watch referees. And Eddie, you did this. You did that. You know, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. You know, like I said, I'd been in this circuit a long time, you know, and uh, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Appreciate it, you know, because he ain't no supervisor, you know. <laughs> right. He don't have no games. <laughs> he, he ain't got no games. The he don't book. have games. Who's got the checkbook around? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Appreciate all this, dog, but you're not Millis, you know. Right. <laughs> and that time, Blackwood was over the whack, and uh, Harvey was over the Southland, you know, and stuff. You know, I said, okay. them to be telling me this, you know, and stuff. So, uh after we walked out, you know, Brian Ernest pulled me over, you know, and he said, hey, Eddie, you know, Randy, I don't know what you did, but, man, 
Randy was all over you, you know, you, you was knocking it out the park. I said, I appreciate that, Brian. He said, no, 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 no. I ain't shooting no smoke up you. See, we've been around Randy a long time. We ain't never heard him compliment a guy at referee the way he complimented you. I said, well, appreciate it. You know, and that's how me and Randy kind of hit it off, you know, and uh, the next year there, we actually went to A&M. And Randy critiqued me again, and he said, same thing, you know. And I said, well, look, Randy, I'll tell you what, man. I told him about the Catch-22 with everybody saying I needed experience and this and that. You know, I said, well, I'm about ready to get this camp stuff up. You know, I've been at it a minute. You said, ten, you said 10 years, right? right. 10 yes, years sir. before you broke through? Right. 10 okay. years, you know. So to put it in numbers, like Ashante talking about I'm old, I started trying to get in college at like 39. And I didn't get in until I was 49, you know. Mm. So, you wow. know, and it's a lot of cats, you know, not that I'm supervised. I should have hired you. I didn't, hey, 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's a clean show, Ed. It's a clean show, Ed. <laughs> you so, and Memphis, huh? <laughs> hey, Ed, I got to go back to so a, a reference point. When you say Blend, Ben, was it Blend? Yeah, Blend Junior College. It's, it's junior the college. only junior college the guys in the Houston area at that time were able to work. Wow. You know? Yeah. And when you say also AM, we're talking about Texas AM spring yeah. game, right? Texas AM in the spring. Okay. And yeah. then another thing you brought up, you said the divisions in Houston were division one. So what is that? Is that like five A, six A? What what's the, like what's that classification? Well, you're talking about when I was talking about as officials getting yeah. points. So, yeah. Like say if if you just start out you're a division five, you know, at gotcha. zero points or whatever, you know, and you work your way up to a one where you got gotcha. 600 points or whatever, you know. Okay. And you get two points for a varsity game, one point for any of those other games under there. For Pee-wee, they used to give us a fourth, you know. Which wasn't that's bad. You gonna do six of them bad boys? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that, that's what. Not to yeah, mention the money right. was better, but yeah. you also got. You know, you can get two points. So. Well, the whole yeah, thing you're trying to get to is that, that three and Q. Get those three games and hit that barbecue, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> it was so, all, you know. That's what um, Brian Boston was talking about when he had to work the points up. So you still have to do that when he was coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to you, okay. yeah. Once I got to be a one, you know, hey. Man, you you worked them 18 games a week, huh? Hey, I tell you what, though. It ain't nothing like working two college, two college games a week, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sweet. That's sweet. But you can still, as long as you can pull that Monday Tuesday, you should be straight, though, right? Yeah, but you know, hey, my my hips and knees and stuff are, are feeling that now. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hit a gopher hole. <laughs> no way. So you're saying ten years you're grinding, and they're giving you the great story. Keep doing what you're doing. We like you. Yeah, so how did you yeah. Do that, and back to what Randy, you know, the way we hit it off, you know, uh, after I told Randy that I was ready to just be the best high school official I could be and be happy with it, you know. And he said, you know, basically said, how old are you? You know, and I told him, you know, he said, hey, man, don't give up. I was older when I got my shot, you know. He said, sometimes it just works out that way. He said, but you are good enough to call in college. No doubt in my mind, you know. So... Instead of me giving up circuit, I think I went one more year, and that's when I went to Reno and talked to Walt and all of that. And um, 
after that summer, they gave me a call, said it, they was going to watch them. At that time, you know, we had the DVDs and, you know, sent them in a DVD at the game and uh, they wouldn't promise me nothing, but they'd take a look. So the next April, I went to Mr. Mitchell's camp in Birmingham and got hired in the SWAT. So, so you're doing all this, but you're not only officiating, you're, you're all in and all types of uh, football. You're holding the chains for Byron Boston. You're holding the chains at, at uh, what are the other schools? That's you're just your full week schedule is all around football this whole time. Well, I've been teaching and coaching for 31 years. So I started officiating, say, about three, four years before that. So my kids and my wife in the fall would say it's football, football, football. Even though they wouldn't say it that night. Football, football, football. <laughs> One of the yeah. sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's love of the game, you know, but you got a service also, you know, whereas I know Craven and I know how hard he works and I know the time he puts in, you know, not only just on the field, but off the field, studying and watching film like we all do, you know. So you have a service. And I tell young coaches that, you know, especially when they can coach, don't give away your service. Because I guarantee you, if uh, somebody is out there in the professional world, he has a service, he come to your house or to do something like Craven was talking about that electrician, he's going to get paid. Right. Ain't no doubt about it. So you need to get paid, you know. I don't care how small it is. I do like it when it's large. It <laughs> <laughs> paid for your services. You know? So when you got hired in the SWAC, was it as a referee? No. I okay. was hired as a line judge, headline. And, okay. Uh, the next year I, in the spring camp that Mr. Mitchell had, I auditioned for referee. And my first year, which I also learned that, uh, you know, I was kind of, Miffed. I think my first year I did five, five or six games uh, at line judge and head lineman. And then my second year I did four at referee, four at line judge, and one at side judge. Oh, and that's just I, in case, huh? Well, that's half game. I have uniform. We'll travel. Right. With you. <laughs> hey, so we learned early. That when you saw that $200, you ain't turning no games down. Basically, that's the motto. Hey, babe. <laughs> I, hey, put me in, coach. I like to play. There you go. <laughs> Always ready. Always. And so, and then on, I refereed on out. And I, uh, you guys know Ron Turner, right? Ron's a center judge in the SEC now. I do, I do know Ron. I'm trying to put a face with it, but I, yeah, I've met but he him was, before. He's in the XFL, too. Right. I've met Ron. Uh, Ron uh, from Monroe, great guy, right? And Ron's another one that uh, actually, you know, Ron had got in the swag and one of the guys that was, you know, we knew each other and uh, he knew how hard I was uh, getting after it and stuff, you know, and always encouraged me and stuff. So uh, Ron was on my crew as an umpire when we moved him to the backfield, you know, and helped me tremendously because I knew Ron didn't know a thing about being an umpire because he was a back judge, okay? And I always had very good umpires, so I didn't worry about umpires, right? 
So it kind of flipped the switch that I had to learn umpire to help him. So we would be on the field like, hey, we're number two, you know, uh, so that we know if we had a penalty or something, we, you know, so we, we both got into it, you know. So okay. we, got, we got pretty good at it, and he got damn good at it, whereas last year he worked the semifinal at Center Judge at the SEC, you know. Right. So uh, we, uh, we became even closer, so we got to talking, you know, and I was telling my story, you know, man, I didn't get five games my first year in the SWAC, you know. And the next year I got nine, been working nine or more ever since, you know. He said, you don't shut up. <laughs> I got in the sweat, and over the first four years, I didn't do but five games. Right. <laughs> exactly. Earn okay. your time. Okay, let me Because <laughs> I know I am a little greedy, you know, and I understand. <laughs> I was pretty greedy, you know, because uh, as Guys, I tell you, you know, I I rode Mr. Mitchell, you know, I, hey, Mr. Mitchell, I got a week off. That's for the off season. I don't need a week off, you know. <laughs> I need open. And, hell, I even worked a game at umpire in the backfield when the cat hurt his knee, you know, and I was the president of the association, so the cat had to call me, talk about his insurance and this and that. I said, yeah, we'll take care of it as soon as he hung up. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, <laughs> Lewis is hurt. Uh I'll go work. I'm off. I'll go work. You'll work. I will work that game right. at umpire. Right. And I did, you know. So, you know, it's, it's like I say. It, well, like, like you said, half uniform will work. work. <laughs> you know. Ain't nice. Why sit at home, you know? So, so, Eddie, I think the first time we met was it was at one of the camps. But once I got to know you, you was already the mayor of the SWAT. How, how did how did that become? What what gave you the uh, the skills and you know the people person that you are to just everybody knew who Eddie was. I mean, I showed up in Houston to the camp and go talk to Eddie. I'm like, who's Eddie? I ain't you don't know who Eddie is. And I mean, you 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 were known as the mayor of the SWAT. What what brought you to that? Well, I remember when you left your iPad out there, Katie. No. <laughs> that's what that's some of the jobs of being the mayor as you say that you gotta clean up behind folks you wasn't the only one had to get sarah thomas stuff to her too but uh when when i came in mr harold cooper who's now one of my replay guys you know and and he'll kick me for calling him mr he wants me to call him Ooh. cooper you know i said but that's just that respect i have for him you know, Coop did all the big games, you know, in the sweat. If you turn on the TV, Coop was there, you know. And I was fortunate enough that my second year in, when uh, when I wasn't referee and I was on his crew as a line judge, and I learned a ton from him, the way that he handled the coaches and the fans and everybody, you know, with respect and with class and having a good time while still doing his job, you know. And I just emulated Mr. Cooper a lot, you know, as far as trying to not be like him or be him, because 
that's one thing that I learned from Red Cash. And that's one thing about all these camps. You got to meet such great people, you know, and stuff. But Red, you know, and if you don't know Red, if you ever heard first now. Oh, yeah, know, Red Cash. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Red always said that, you know, don't go out there being Red Cash. Don't be trying to be the next Red Go out there and be the best you, you know. Go out there and do your thing. And, and you know, you take stuff from people that, that you can use and you use it. And if they have stuff that you don't want to use, you junk it, you know. But you got to go out there and be the best you, you know. And after learning a lot of that stuff and watching Mr. Cooper handle stuff, you know, and when I got opportunity, always was me, you know, the same way that I am now. You know, I would talk to coaches. I would talk to players, you know. People tell me, don't talk to that rep. I said, no, no, no. Let the young man say what he needs to say, you know. I say, he, he's saying it intelligently, you know. He didn't come at me off the wall or whatever. Let him say what he got to say. You know, I let, and then I give him an answer, you know. And that's one thing that I always did with any coach, you know, from high school on up. If they ask me a question, if I couldn't get the answer to them right then, I would say, coach, I will get back to you. And I would. i make it a point that I get back to him, you know. Now, there's also a point where everybody has that – one thing that you cross the line and if they cross the line with me i let them know that too <laughs> as professionally as i could you know right and uh you know it, it got to be where when i came into a city or came into the ball game and with that respect from those coaches and me respecting them you know they would say the thing that i always love to hear coaches say hey we ain't got to worry about the officiating tonight. All we got to do is coach, you know, and that's what you want, you know. That's what – so to, to answer your question as how I became the mayor, <laughs> it was part of that and then part of the fact that once I started running the account for Mr. Mitchell and, and, and you know, and stuff like that, you get to be like, like, like Cravon said when he met me, you know, Everybody's coming at you, you know, and, and I treated them nice. And not to mention the corner was nice. Eddie uh, Corner. <laughs> Eddie's Corner. The world, world famous Eddie's Corner. <laughs> we, uh, we enjoyed ourselves. We worked hard and we played hard. Definitely. Nice. So you get into the swag. You're, you're working the swag. You become a referee. How was it getting that first Bayou Classic? Because that's, that's the game to get in the swag. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, life-changing experiences, you know, because it's – like, the first year I went, I was, I was an alternate, you know. So I, I kind of knew the, the vibe, you know, and all. So that, that helped, too. And the next year when I went as the referee, you know, it was just off the chain. You know, you got seventy to eighty thousand people screaming. You know, either in black and gold or uh, blue and, and gold, and uh, they're just passionate. You know, the bands are at it. You know, and the teams are at it, and they just get after each other, man. You know, people wait for it every year. You know, they make their reservations after that game is over. You know, and stuff. So 
it's a it's just a great experience you know to be a part of matter of fact uh the game i did in the pac-12 we were at washington state against boise which i found out was a good rivalry too you know being that close. had to be one of the longest games in history it wasn't my fault but <laughs> <laughs> i agree <laughs> and I was running center judge at that game. I'd been happy if I was that referee, but you know it's all good. But you know the cats was you know it was a sold out crowd for them and all you know and and cats was you know sizing me up a little bit. And I understand you know I'd have probably sized up somebody too you know, and uh, they was like, "What you think about this atmosphere?" You know, I said, "Man, this is great." You know, I said. Not quite like uh, the Superdome with 80,000, but... <laughs> Not quite like it. Not quite. Hit the button, Monty. Hit the button. Hit the button. He just stunned it. <laughs> they tried the big time Mr. Kelly and what he do? No, he no, pulled no, the no. Bayou Classic. <laughs> he got a joke. the Bayou Classic. He brought that joke out. Yeah. It wasn't a big time thing. It was just to let them know that this, this is... You know, hey, Mr. Kelly. this is not my first role. Right, right. Mr. Right. Kelly, when you let somebody know, that's called this. Hey, he cutting clubs. Don't bring no club <laughs> So you're just yeah, 10 years as a, head, as a referee in the SWAC. Uh, you worked in the Southland. You worked in the Pac-12. Um, that's just a, 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 a awesome thing. Like That's just a credit to how much work you're doing in all those high school games and everything else, just that, that, that work to get there. That's, that is a grind. And the Pop Warner games. And, and all the Pop Warner that. money you still. <laughs> Have uniform, might as well use <laughs> So, so Eddie, so I'm, I'm, let's, I want to go back to, you said you, was, you were chasing the dream for 10 years. So how exhilarating was that when you first got that referee game and the swag? Well, I was the headliner, and but no, I'm talking about as a referee. That's what you paid to do. You want to be the referee. Well, like, I tell you what, that would because that's old hat, you know. Okay. You know, I got I got something for you on that too. But you know, the first thing is, you know, when, to have that first game, and I'm at Valley, you know, and uh, I fly into Jackson and 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 go in to do the game, and it's just that I want to see personally if I can call a college. You know, and to hear the guys get uh, James Carter, who's now referee in the SEC, was uh, I think he was a field judge in the game. Uh, Anthony Johnson was the line judge across from me, and um, I think Turner might have been in the game at bad judge or whatever, and a couple of other guys. Uh, Drake was referee and all, you know, but just to have them say when the game is over, you can work. That was that was just the most fulfilling thing because, you know, after grinding that long and doing all these scrimmages and, right. and you know, right. watching film and, and working with guys, you know, and stuff. And we're very fortunate here in the Houston area to have, you know, actually we got a guy at every conference except the Big Ten, you know, in the Houston area. So the guys that were – training us and, and working with us and to get to that point and get it validated was just excruciatingly nice. You know, it, I was on cloud nine from the time I got on the bus and put my arm on the back of the, the seat and noticed I didn't have my 
Down indicator. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the bus around. <laughs> hey. Here I got there, and uh, I was uh, I knew Anthony probably better than anybody else on that crew for that first game. I said, "Hey man, you got an extra down indicator?" And you know what his answer was? I don't have one either. <laughs> 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 so we uh, grabbed a. One of the training girls, and she took off her rubber bands yeah, off of her yeah, braids, you know, yeah, black yeah. ones. And I still got that down indicator today. There you go. You know, for that game. And so uh, it was neat. It was neat, man. So I was like on cloud nine to, to the next game, you know. So but how much Kavasi How much Kavasi you get after that? Whole fifth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was, I was good. So you can't be like Cravon going around saying, "I need 15 minutes kicking over Gatorade." You got to, you got to go with the flow. Hey. You got to be able to relax and adjust. I know that's right. Hey, Cravon can tell you about those walks and uh, and what's that Grand? Not not Grand. Where is uh, Cedar City? Cedar City. Cedar City. Ooh. You know, from the dorm back oh, yeah. to the hotel. Man, we, we the take camp. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Eddie, a part of your grind, I know, in Texas is driving. I mean, just like in California. So, how far were you driving to go to all these different spring games? I mean, you were going to A&M. Were you going to Baylor? I mean, how far were you going to well, just get that exposure in the spring? Actually, uh, we would – which is not that bad, you know, because so, we got uh, Texas Southern, Prairie View, A&M. Um, now we got HBU, you know, we go to Lamar, we go to Sam Houston. So, you know, we didn't, we really didn't ever, to cover all of those, you know, was enough, you know, to get seen in this and that. So I rarely went any further than Sam Houston or Lamar or Texas A&M. So, which is, I think A&M might have been the longest drive out of all of them, you know. So it wasn't that bad on the, the college grind, you know. And to answer your question about referee, Shante, uh, at Southern, my first game at referee, and in high school, as referee, the referee and umpire come out from the visitor side, okay? But in college, you come out from the home side. And I run over, what I always did, the visitor side. You know, I'm proud of that. We chatting it up, you know, and this and that. And Jerry Goosby is the line judge, and he's on the home side. This was before we would switch, right? And he's over there. Come here, come here. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and he goes, come here, come here. I'm good. So we run out. We do a coin flip, and it's a hell of a game. Ended up, uh, I think they beat Tennessee State. Uh, 14 to 7, you know, and, uh, and uh, we get in with the TA after the game, and he say, Mr. Referee, not a bad game, this and that. But tell me why you came out on the visitor side instead of the home side. <laughs> so, that's what I always do. And I tell you what, now, sometimes they get you in trouble, but you tell the truth, and it just is what it is, you know. Even Mr. Mitchell, you know, that's, that's the way I do it, you know. And, uh, you get it. I guess you get enough 
clout that you can get away with some of that sometimes, you know. And so they said, well, in college, you need to come out from the home. So, yes, sir, I'll be there the next time, you know. So, so Eddie, a, a, a lot of us, I mean, we're going to jump back and forth, but I want to get to now you're working on the field, you're working all these big-time games and the swag. If you if you look at a game in the swag when you was there, if it was on TV, you was a referee. Now your career is is progressing, it's doing what you want to do, but yet now all of a sudden off season comes and there's an opening that supervising position. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> it was one of those things that uh, I. You know, I kind of not say that uh, knew it or whatever, but that same season, uh, I had the MEAC SWAC challenge, and we had the new commissioner, uh, Dr. McCullough. And uh, at that game, he said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And I said, Cool. You know, and he didn't get back to me until I was at a game in Mobile, Alabama. And we talked a little while, you know, basically he asked me my relationship with Mr. Mitchell and how things were going. And, you know, and first thing he said, well, do you have a good relationship with him? I said, yeah, I have a great relationship with him. You know, I think he's doing a great job. He said, well, good. I'm talking to the right guy because if you didn't have a good relationship with him, I don't think you'd be the person to talk to. So, you know, and we talked, we talked and uh, I even told him about how, uh, we needed more money and this and that and things like that, you know, and, and we went on and on a little bit. So after that conversation, I had a conversation with Mr. Mitchell about it, you know, and he basically told me, you know, he said, good, you know, I'm glad you, you let me know what y'all talked about stuff, you know. He said, now, one thing I want you to put in the back of your mind, you know, may not happen, but I want you to put this in the back of your mind. If he offers you my job, I want you to take it. And I'm like, what? You know, he said, yeah, I want you to take it. He said, new commissioners like bringing their own guy, you know, and kind of like Craven said, you're basically the face of the swag. And if he wants you to lead it, that'd be great because we can keep this thing going in the right direction. He said, don't turn it down because of the, the friendship that we have and the way that we, you know, care about each other and this and that, he said, because I've had a great run and it'll happen, you know, it'll happen. And Bum Phillips always said it the best. We all are hired to be fired eventually, go. you know, and um, he said, if it goes down like that, you know, take the job, you know, don't not take the job because of me. So, you know, I was like, okay, okay. And went through the season and really damn near forgot about it, you know, and worked the championship game. That's the first time we moved on campus at Alcorn. You're talking about another beautiful setting, you know, nothing like the people in the uh, in the Superdome, but you're talking about an atmosphere, man, where you could hardly hear yourself breathe, you know, and uh, it was – it was electrifying, you know, and a hell of a game and this and that. And so, and after that game, we went on and uh, me and Mr. Mitchell talked, you know, and he said, hey, I spoke to find out, uh, say this was Thursday, I'll find out Monday what he go do. 
you know. So when he called me Monday, he said, hey, I'm gone. I had a good run, right. you know. And if, uh, remember what I told you, if he asked you take the job, take it, you know. So I said, well, you know, you did a hell of a thing. And he did, you know, Mr. Mitchell brought us a long ways in the SWAC. And as his predecessor, I'm trying to push us even further, you know. But um, after a couple of days of, of people calling me, you know, and saying, what's, what, what's going to happen, this and that, I said, well, hey, I'll tell you what. I'm the president of the association, and I got a pair, as you know, you know. I said, I'll call the commission, you know, and see what's up. So I did, you know. And he said, hey, Mr. Kelly, how you doing? Say I'm good. I'm good. He said, I know why you're calling me about the move I made, you know, and this and that. Yes, yes, yes. And what you say? Oh, no, I, thought you, no. I thought you were talking to me. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry about that, Mr. Kelly. Ashante is crazy. <laughs> I, trust me, I know. <laughs> and, uh, no, boss, you going to put me out there like that? Don't get me started on you, Ashante. <laughs> so we talked a little bit, you know, and Basically, we were talking about, you know, asking which way did he want to go with a new supervisor, you know, and stuff. And he said, well, I'm looking for a swag guy, you know, which we all felt great about, you know, that if it was somebody with swag ties, they would know how far we had advanced and, you know, and if we want to continue to advance, we'd be good. So he asked me, he said, would you be interested? And I told him, yeah, you know, so yeah, I said, you know. I I interview, you know, in this and that. I say, but at the time, I'm still in the Pac-12, you know, and I got some irons in the fire. Matter of fact, I'd heard that Gerald Austin was going to hire me in Conference USA as a referee, you know. So I was like, you know, I know, man, I, you know, this year too, I know I had a good five years left in me, you know, on the field, you know. So uh, we talked and all, and uh he interviewed a couple other guys also and stuff and uh, got a call that February saying, Mr. Kelly, if you want the job, it's yours, you know. So I took it and we've been ripping and running ever since, you know. We we had a decent season last year. We had some bumps in the road that I think that now we've ironed out, you know, with guys like Chuck and uh, Cravon, Graydon Film for me and stuff, you know, and getting on these Zoom calls and stuff to straighten guys out and, you know, get an opportunity to get better. Cause well, well, Eddie, you, you, you just made a great transition to us because for the first time on the unofficial lounge, we, we brought in a surprise guest <laughs> and we brought in a friend of the show, Mr. Chuck Stewart, back of the show. You, you missed Uncle Chuck? But Eddie, hey, man, I'm glad to be a part of it. And uh, anything you can have me do, just holler. I'll be glad to do it. I appreciate it, Chuck. I seriously do. What's in that cup? Uh, <laughs> no problem. Get okay. <laughs> Not XO, Chuck. Okay. <laughs> it will be when we get together. That's right. Yep, it will be. But Eddie, let's describe the feeling of the bands in the swag. You know, everybody else do these boring games. So let's describe that feeling of being a referee and the bands rocking. And you know. I really love our bands in the SWAC, except we got this little policy <laughs> that they're not supposed to be playing when the team is coming up to the line of scrimmage. 
and they don't care. It could be their own team. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, I talk to band directors as much as I talk to coaches, and they really believe that 75% of those people in the stands come to see them, and they honestly believe that. And some of them are right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you have to give them their props, but you know, it was also using your skills to to get them to to comply, you know, like and my thing would be like, look, look, I don't want to stop the game to say, but the Jackson State band, please refrain from playing while the teams are coming up to the line of scrimmage. Thank you. And I would say that, thank you. And then I would get booed right. tremendously. <laughs> you know, it was just horrible, you know, but they 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 work with me a lot, but the thing is they knew when when they saw me coming that I would enforce it, you know. And when guys don't enforce it, they take advantage of it, you know. So the bands are loud and they're good, you know, and they are a big part of what we do in the SWAC. But they also gotta learn that there's a time for everything, you know. And what really gets me if we're on TV and we got those three minute times and then quiet. Wait, no, this is the time. That y'all oh, TV, TV time, TV yeah. time, I say not playing. <laughs> yeah, y'all should be getting it on now. I'm even listening now, you know. Right. Come on, you know. But uh, they wanted to blur it out when, when TV was there, you know. So it, it's, it's another thing that you have to deal with, you know. But uh, it's, it's, it's a fun part of the game, you know. They are a big part of what we do. And people do come to see them. So you got to have to give them that slack, you know, when, when the game is, uh, if it's a tight game all the way through, I, I, I wouldn't cut them any slack, you know, but once they get to, the, we all know who the winner is, I, I would cut them some slack, you know. So Eddie, we, we, we like to bring people behind the curtains in the unofficial lounge. And we all know it takes a lot when it comes to officiating people helping us out and getting to know people coast to coast. Tell us the first time you remember meeting Mr. Chuck Stewart. Because these, <laughs> these are always good stories. Hey, I tell you what, and, and, and Chuck wouldn't, would never let me finish this story, but I used to admire <laughs> Chuck when he was in the league. You know, number one, he was a line judge, and I was a line judge, so I would watch him. Didn't know Chuck from Adam, you know, but I would watch him do his thing, you know, and like Chuck say, he, he – he got write-ups in the league behind using those nice words that y'all don't want <laughs> and, and being a little overweight. And I was a little overweight, you know, so we had a lot in common, you know. <laughs> I didn't even know we used the same words, you know. But it's a clean show, Chuck and Eddie. It's a clean hey, show. Hey, I said those words. <laughs> so, you know, we uh, I just always watched him, watched him work, and he was working his butt off, so – I would try to go do the same thing Chuck would be doing whether I was in high school, you know, and even when I got to be uh, in college. So Apollo Martin, a good friend of mine who's out there, was my umpire, you know, and uh, we saw eye to eye, which normally my umpire is a lot taller than I was, so I was kind of happy to have Apollo. You know? <laughs> a meeting of the minds. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the eyes. You know? <laughs> uh, 
Apollo called me, you know, he said, hey, I got a guy out here that can really watch the film, you know, and he, he's going to take a look at our game. And I think we were at Alcorn or somewhere. Uh-oh. And then he's go, he's go critique it and let us know. I said, cool. I said, who is it? He said, Chuck Stewart. And I was like, I, I, oh, oh, oh. did you say Chuck? He said, yeah. The Chuck Stewart is in the NFL. In he said, yeah. I said, cool, man. So he said, well, once he finished, I'll give you his number and let you call him, you know. So I called Chuck, and Chuck was right to the point, you know. And then, Now, let's see, how can I say this? Keep it clean, Eddie, keep it clean. Yes, yes, <laughs> I don't care what your umpire say. Don't give a you-know-what, but he ain't worth anything to you where his position is. And that's why he's just calling these phantom calls and this and that. And I know what you're doing. You're winding that clock for the chain to even get close to get down there. It's other ways to speed up your game. And I mean, he was on my butt, but he was to the point, you know. Everything that would help me and my crew, you know. And so, uh, again, like Trayvon was talking about, that I was over the camp for Mr. Mitchell. So we was having it here in Houston. I called Chuck and I said, hey, man, you coming to the camp? Yeah, I'll be there. I said, good, what you drink, you know. <laughs> so, needless to say, a half a yak, a, a half a gallon of yak later, <laughs> Chuck and I became good friends. <laughs> you know, listen to Eddie, I actually do remember Apollo making that phone call. Uh, I'm sure that I was more direct than what Eddie has just got through explaining it. They told me to keep it clean, Chuck. This is a, not an X-rated show, okay? <laughs> but it gave me an opportunity, and it goes to show you that officiating is a heck of a lot more than on the field officiating and things of that nature. It gave me a chance to meet Eddie and get to know Eddie and be a friend with Eddie. No one would even envision that Eddie and I would be in Utah cooking fish and barbecue for all y'all on the other state here. <laughs> and having a great time. But that's how our bond and friendship got all, got to. You know, yes, right sure. now, Eddie can call me. It doesn't matter what it is, what time, I'm there. Same thing. I can call Eddie, say, Eddie, so-and-so, this here, and it's done. And that's just the way it is, works in this world, not where we're in. Uh, there's not enough of, when I say that us, in power to do anything. And Eddie is doing it right now on for us. All right. So, Chuck, talk, talking about that, how, how, how does it make you feel knowing that you have been a strong part of Eddie's career and now see him continue on to become a supervisor? Because like you said, it's not too many of us that hold the supervisor position. But how is it somebody that you had some influence in their career, you now looking to see him as a supervisor of a company? Well, I don't know how much influence I had in his career, but I am extremely proud. Uh, I knew Harold from working a game with Harold at uh, Michigan State umpteen years ago. But the opportunity was presented to Eddie, and I am tremendously glad and proud that he took that. Eddie has created Zooms that I participated in, and he is working his behind off to get his officials to get on the same page. You know, it's difficult 
to get everybody on the same page, like I said. And that is extremely hard to do. Uh, and everybody has their own way of doing things. And the SWAC's officials are spread out across a greater part of the United States. Most of them are in the South, but they're spread out. And everybody has their own little way they're doing something in their area. And what Eddie's job is to do is to get them all to do the same thing right there in SWAC. And he is doing a hell of a job of doing that right now. So, you know, hey, my hat's off to him, man. And anything I can possibly do is done. And I appreciate that, Chuck, because, you know, Chuck's got a pedigree that, I mean, second to none. You know, he, he got one of them Super Bowl rings, you know. <laughs> he, he's the man. And to have somebody like Chuck that I can call up on, you know, for advice or, or like helping with the line of scrimmage guys and stuff, it's, it's just tremendous for us in the SWAC. And, and it does not go unappreciated, I guarantee you. Here's the YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks. So, knowing you two guys, I learned the fine world of XO, and I want to thank you two guys because before I was just a regular VS cognac drinker. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you, you elevated me to XO. I skipped a step, the VSOP to XO. <laughs> so, thank you. Well, let's get to be the XO on the field. Yeah, there, there you go. 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 There you There you go. 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 There you well, he, he brings prime time to us. Prime time. Um, from what I understand, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be very professional. And I think he'll be able to recruit Florida. And I think he coached a high school down in Dallas. So he'll be able to recruit Texas. And, of course, in his home state now, Mississippi, you know, and probably Louisiana in between. And so I think it's, it's a feather in our cap, you know. I think it'll bring more exposure to the SWAC also, you know, where the TV affiliates might want to pick up an extra game or two from the SWAC, which gives our officials opportunity to showcase their talents, you know. So I think it's, it's, it's a win-win situation, you know, and I think uh, Jackson State has always been one of our talented teams, you know, and maybe he can help push them to the, to the next level because – also, not only with Dion coming in, we got Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman coming in next year. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a great time to be in the SWAC and be a part of it. And as officials, I think, you know, we're going to shine also. So, and as long as, uh, you know, it's more exposure, I think that gives more opportunities to guys to move to the next level. And that's the biggest thing that we want from our guys in the SWAC. You know, we want them to get that exposure so that they can go to the Power Fives, and then we can give some other young men the opportunity. Now, I, I would say, Eddie, uh, just my experience of seeing it when you are that uh, mid-major conference that you do have a lot of transition guys going up uh, and transitioning through. How do you keep that? Uh, how do you keep more guys like you around in the sweat? You know, because everybody is looking to the old move guy. up as quickly as possible. But 
We need somebody that knows where the locker rooms is. We need somebody to understand the nature the director to shut up. Right. <laughs> the, the, the nature of the games that they're going to be working. Cause I know for me, uh, I never had the opportunity to, to work a swag game, but if I would. But you wanted that by you. You told me that. You wanted that by you. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, and I, I'm still ready when, you know, y'all going in the spring. So I'll, I'll go and uh, evaluate any game live. Just, just let me know which way, which game you want me to go to. But, you know, it's it's a certain nature that SWAT games have that somebody has to be prepared for. So how do you keep that camaraderie of steadiness of people, of officials in your conference? It's 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 a tough thing to, to kind of balance out, you know, but fortunately it's been that way, you know. And I know uh, Shante said it kind of jokingly, but I do want to keep my older good officials around maybe a little longer than in other conferences for that fact, you know. And uh, they're the guys that can help the young guys come along, you know, because on our sidelines – we don't want to flag a, a fan on the sideline sometimes just because of who they might be, you know. And those are some of the things that you learn as you go along, you know, and stuff. And so um, I think we got a good mix of guys that, that work up, you know. Like right now we've got guys in, that are in the Pac-12 with the, the ODP. We got guys that are working right now, working uh, Sunbelt and SEC games, you know. We got some guys that are working in the American. Uh, just moved a couple of guys up to Conference USA who, you know, a couple of them will be working both, you know. So it's great to get that exposure in other conferences and bring some of that experience back, you know. And it's great to get the guys to see that if you work your crowd and you do the time in, in, in the rule book and, and in your film study and stuff, you will get opportunity from here. So, you know, you don't know when it might happen, but you got to be ready when it happens. So I think we, we, we've got enough guys that are doing both that when they leave full time that we're grooming other guys to be in that situation, you know. And we probably keep a, a larger group of guys on the supplementary list than any other conference because of that reason, you know, because when some of these guys go to work up, that gives them the opportunity to work some games. And, you know, you, you might be the, the Lou Gregg, you know, uh, I see you with your hands. Be ready. Be don't, ready. Don't forget about be ready. Be ready. Don't forget about We try Mr. not to get him. We- we try not to get Ashanti fired on his day off, Chuck, but he ain't, yeah, he ain't, he ain't doing help. a good job. He ain't helping. He's not cooperating. You know. So, Mr. <laughs> Kelly, uh, so you know Chuck Stewart out here on the West Coast. You you, you have people like Ashanti out here on the West Coast. Uh, what's your? Are you putting your resume in now, too? Good Lord. <laughs> oh, my resume hey. been in. So, <laughs> wanna, hold up. Hold up. I'm Monty want to do a replay, I, um, Eddie. I, if you got a replay. Oh, oh. I was supposed to tell your trade secrets. Huh? Hey, come on, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> come on, oh, Mr. Kelly. Okay. Um, so you, the your footprint of your conference is so wide. You're going East Coast. You're going to the West Coast. Uh, what about the diversity? Since you are historically black, uh, working historically black colleges, how do you? work on making sure that you're diverse in your hiring to make sure 
that it's just not a, you know, a, people wouldn't think there's improprieties or, or that you're only favoring certain officials. Well, we're looking for a great official, you know, and not only like Ashante, I've got Hector Harris that's out in California, you know, Chris Meyer, bless his heart, is out there, and John Fallman, uh, Joe Green, uh, who else I got out there that I'm missing? You know, I might be missing. Britt, Britt, Britt moved up. Well, Britt moved up. The Britt you got Dwayne Wilson. You know, over in, you uh, got Ship. You got, um, you got Ship, Boyd. Yeah. You know. And, Ron and, Paris, yeah. Yeah, Paris and yourself. You know, in Nevada, we got Denson and, and, and Dion Spinard. Clipper, don't forget Preston, unfortunately. Preston, your boy, <laughs> you know. But, you know, we're looking for great officials, whether they happen to be female, whether they happen to be black, white, Hispanic, you know. And we get an opportunity, you know, because not only with knowing guys like Chuck and Craven, if they have somebody to bring to the table, I know with them coming to me, I can give them a serious look and they'll be ready to, to work, you know. And with adding the Florida schools, we're gonna have to uh, get into Florida and recruit a lot heavier down there too, you know. So, and we got a guy from Nebraska, you know, we got a couple guys, one was from Ohio, you know, stuff like that. So if you're a good official and you're ready to grind, whether it's coming to a camp and, and these guys can tell you, I'm in camps in L.A., Utah, uh, Texas, Mississippi. You know, I've been on calls during this pandemic with the Arkansas officials, with the Louisiana officials, with the female officials, you know, and just looking for great talent. And my word to them is work your craft, you know, have a great mentor and don't be afraid to step out, you know. And go work, like we you know we talked a little earlier with by myself. Go work at your position where you're comfortable, because people will see that you own in that, you know, and might not have a spot at that position, but can see that you're a good official, and we need to find a spot for you and give you the opportunity. Hold Let on. me share something with you. Eddie may not even notice himself. Eddie, what was a the Southern's coach a few years ago? Oh, I can't think of his name right now. I know him well. Southern uh, University. Yeah, Pete Richardson, uh, Stomp Mitchell. Pete, Pete. Yeah. All right. Pete was there a long time. Exactly. Matter of fact, they tried to say I got Pete fired just because TSU. Well, let me tell you about this. <laughs> Addressing what Monty just said. Oops. Pete Richardson was the best man in Sanford Rivers' wedding. <laughs> And Sanford and I have become very good friends. I met Sanford in the NFL, and we we're very good buddies. So what happened, uh, George from Dallas was on a crew with me in the NFL, and the position came up, and they swag. So I spoke to Sanford. He said, well, yeah, I called Pete. So we called, he called up Pete and recommended him highly. All right. So I think George was in there, what, about three or four years, Eddie? Yeah, George Coleman was there about two, yeah, three or four about years. three or four out of Dallas. So what happens was, and George gets released. So I called up George. I said, man, what in the world did you do? He said, well, I got a phone call from 
the commissioner, but I understand Pete was the one that instigated this. And he didn't appreciate the diversity we had as a referee in the Bayou Classic. Okay, which led to then I knew Harold Mitchell and Harold calls me up and out of nowhere. I didn't even know Harold had moved to Atlanta, wherever he moved to, and say, hey, I understand you're a good friend with so-and-so. Can you so I called up and we put in a word for Harold. <laughs> Pete immediately called back and said, that's the same thing you told us about the previous person that I hired on your recommendation. You know, so they had to my understanding, at that time, they had no problem with the diversity, but they didn't want the diversity at the head, at the referee on the Bayou Classic. And that was just one of the things that they didn't want at that time. Now, I'm sure that has changed, but that's how everything has you know, evolved now. But uh, diversity is an is a issue that we face more so than anyone else. Definitely. You know, and it, it really is. Go ahead. All right. So everybody out there, if you don't want a supervisor dancing all in the videos, come to the swag. Eddie Kelly, if you can work hard, come to the swag. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean dancing in the video? Dancing <laughs> all in the video, you know. He, that's a Suge Knight reference from back in the 90s when uh, <laughs> right. he was mad at uh, Snoop Dogg. And, and, he was mad and at Diddy. Biggie. Uh, it's, it's, uh. it's some hip-hop stuff. <laughs> what you say? Getting fired on his day off. Day on off his day nowhere. off, getting fired. <laughs> we can't, we can't take him nowhere. I, I, I keep telling him, but he, he don't, he don't listen. He don't listen. So Eddie, but, Mr. Kelly, you. Sorry. Mr. Kelly. Uh, so we got a uh, a little spot in the show. We call it under review. And okay. what we do is we asked you ask you three questions and it's just like a, a real quick instant replay. Put your uh, cap on. Uh, your so I get to stand, confirm or overturn. It's not that easy, <laughs> but not that easy. Here but we he go. It sounds like replay. I'm just, uh, it's just the, the pressure, just the pressure. All right, here we go. But from a man that works so many games, there is no pressure. Mr. Kelly. Where has officiating allowed you to travel for football uh, had it not been for football? I guess uh, doing a game with Southern and Florida A&M in Atlanta, in the Dome, where you got 70,000 people and it's a 35-minute halftime because you got the number one black band in the nation against the number two black band in the man. And it's on TV. And the guy tells me, Mr. Referee, there's going to be like 33, 34 minutes because your football game happens to be around this band competition. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in Atlanta. So we you say, I'll take that. <laughs> 35 so all, minutes. All the peach trees. Wow. 35-minute halftimes. That's yeah. like restarting the game all over. Almost, definitely. Teams had to re-warm up. Miss Kelly. Oh. They played Reasons, and I see why they were talking about it, because I thought I was at a concert with Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> it was that good. 
Monte, I don't want to get on this under the hood time, but let me share some. I sure. happen to work two Grambling games out of the Coliseum. Not a soul come to see the football game. <laughs> At halftime, I never went to both games. I did not go to the locker room. I sat on a bench and watched the bands perform. Now, Eddie, you may not know a lot about L.A., but they marched down. It's called Martin Luther King Boulevard now for about four miles to the Coliseum in both oh, bands. And they had it. That was more than the, the football. You know, football games just happened to be there. The bands is what they people come to see. Yes, it was sir. the best experience I've ever had, to be honest with you. <laughs> wow. I, when, when we talk about that, though, when it comes to the bands, I actually had a game uh, in the pack, and they played Grambling. Uh, I forgot what school we was at. But and in Arizona. They, yeah, they paid more money for the band to come to the game than they paid for the football team to come to the game. <laughs> so, I did a game called the Tokyo Bowl where they had SC and Oregon play, and they had Grambling's band at the, in Tokyo playing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, was just about, I was just about to say at halftime, it was Arizona. But Arizona band didn't come out for halftime. Grambling's <laughs> band came out. <laughs> they let him down the whole 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. All right, Mr. Kelly. Okay. What career accomplishment has made you the most proud? Probably seeing my baby daughter graduate, knowing that, you know, my wife and I graduated all of them from college, which was one of the biggest goals that I had. And to have them be a part of, of what I do, they, they enjoy just as much. They like Cravon. They had, they thought after I did uh, alternate at the Bayou and was referee the next year at the Bayou that we were supposed to be there every year, you know. And now they got that, you know, so they can be there every year. Right. And uh, you know, but that's that's one of the things that make me most proud that uh, they're strong black women, and uh, you know, and to be a part of that makes me proud. Okay, Mr. Kelly. What do you think of when you, as the referee, had to say the previous play is under review? Well, you know, when I was referee, I was like, in charge, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, right, wrong, or in between, I had it. And I had to last say so, you know. So if you're talking about this podcast, me as a referee, Y'all better be glad Chuck came on here because I was about to get loose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, like I said in the beginning, you know, it's definitely an honor to be here. And and anytime you can talk football with with guys that you know that put in time and and they work their craft and they reach out to help others, you know, giving back has been really, really neat, you know, and like – I talked to Chuck before I took this job also and was in the running for it, you know, and uh, Chuck even told me, you know, he said, Hey, you can help others, you know, and that's you, you the man with the games now, the, the guy we've been looking for our whole career. You hey, know, you the man with the games. Hey, it's, it's something when you got those games in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's See, why you treat you a whole lot differently. That's why you miss the Kelly. <laughs> hey, Mr. Kelly, you need a couple, you need some more cognac. Hey, if you can got that for right now, Shante, <laughs> you're good. You got to buy your clack if we can give it to you right hey, now. I'm good. You get it right now, too. I still can do Instacart. There you go. There you go. There I you said go. right now. I didn't say in a minute. <laughs> Eddie, I have my own thoughts on this, but let me ask you a question. What has been the most difficult transition that you've had from on the field to being a supervisor? The first one, Chuck, was we were uh, at a game, you know, and my thing at Ruffery used to be that, you know, you had all this administrative stuff to do to make sure everybody was straight and all of that, you know, and, and then I get to the game and I'm walking the field, you know, and it's about right before we go in to the dressing room or we just come out the dressing room and we're ready for the game. That's when I would be the most ready because now I get to do what I want to do and that's called the game. And I was with a crew, you know, and we walking and, you know, and I'm, I'm about at that feeling, you know, I'm ready to do the game and they got on stripes and I got on a jacket and some <laughs> khaki pants or some suit pants, you know, <laughs> That was one of the most difficult at first, you know, not to to still be a part of it, you know. But now that's one of the best things because I can learn, uh, help them learn the things that I learned from guys like yourself, you know, to pass it along and to give them, them that opportunity to be the best that they can be, you know. So it, it's been a slow thing from, from getting off the field to – to still be wanting to be on the field, you know, and uh, to give away all those nuggets that, and I, I guess I was a little greedy and I might have held in some of them. I didn't give all of them away, but now I give them all. <laughs> but, Just in case I tell you them, the reason I didn't them. give them all away because I wanted your games. Who <laughs> <laughs> say, don't let that sport go fool you. He got a, a, a fishing uniform in a trunk. <laughs> no, I would have thought well, no, let me tell you what my thoughts on that are at the SWAT camp in the between the parking lot and the hotel there's this local area that it is known as Eddie's Corner Yep, yep. and that had to me have been difficult for you to release that corner to someone else I know it had to have been very difficult, man, because it was, I mean, you would see more people there yep. in the evening than you did in the conference room. Yeah. So that had to be difficult, man. That, that's hey, smart. It's just like you gave me good advice, Chuck. I had a bunch of them say, hey, man, you got to get a corner up. You know, you, you're supervisor now. I know. You, you can come through and visit. Then you got to go. I was brought up to say that. I understand. I know. <laughs> I know. So yeah, you know, because the thing was the the socializing part was big to to get the camp to be what it was. You know, not just a place where you're trying to get hired and everybody was there was trying to get hired. You know, if they say they weren't, they lying, and you know they should be. You know, but it was that opportunity to mingle with all of these guys, you know, from 
Cravon, to Ron Cherry, to a Chuck Stewart, you know, to a Ron Tobert, uh, you know, all of these guys that you see on TV or, or, you know, you know that they're doing great things to just have them let their hair down, you know. And so uh, it did become a great big part of the camp, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we, we really made it pop, you know, so. And I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, you're right, Chuck. You're right. But, you know, this podcast, I had to pick something that was. <laughs> well, you still, you still got Craven and Shanta and me. We'd be out there like the corner boys. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As long as y'all keep it going. For <laughs> so, Eddie, before, before we jump off, um, and thank you again for coming and joining us today. But last question for you. You guys in the fall of 2021 are going to add two teams. So that's going to take you to how many teams for your conference now? That will give us 12. That'll give you 12. So just doing my numbers in my head, that means you're going to have to hire a whole nother crew. Yes. Okay. So how is it, how are you going to prepare yourself now that we, we don't know if we're going to get a camp season in? We missed all of 2012 of camps of, you know, being able to get that exposure for the new officials up and coming. Well, uh, two thousand. You're eight years behind. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> what you drinking? Numbers <laughs> 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 around. Right. I got you, Craven. That's the that's the last time I went to a camp. So sorry, sorry. My 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 brain got mixed up. But we lost all the camp season two thousand and twenty. So 2021, we're not sure if we're going to be able to get camp. So how are you going to prepare and be ready to expand your staff out a whole nother uh, crew going forward in the fall of 2021? Well, it's a, it's a mix of things. Uh, number one, uh, our championship game will be May the 1st, I do believe. And my camp this year would have been the next week. And in 2021, it might still be the next week after the championship game. So, you know, looking at those possibilities now, because right now in Texas, our high schools are playing. You know, we started out with the 1A and through 4A, starting on the regular Labor Day weekend. Our 5A and 6A uh, schools are coming in this week to start playing. So if things go well and We've been fortunate in the Houston area where we hadn't had to cancel any of the games because of COVID. In Dallas area, they canceled a few games. Um, so if that continues to improve and, and we do the things the right way, there's a good possibility that our spring training for the high schools will go on as they normally do. And we got a great venue already um, for the camp with hotels and um, – We'll try to, we were really going to try to work closer to the hotel this year with all of the schools in that area. And they're still agreeing to be on board. It's still in that wait and see thing there. But uh, I think my camp will help tremendously to look at a lot of people. And I try to go to as many camps as possible, you know. So um, last year I got to hit a camp in Dallas in January to look at a bunch of guys and uh, came out to California to the Don Taylor camp. And I hear he's trying to get that together to, to still go on. So if that happens where it, I could hit those two camps before our season start, then as our season go along, 
you know, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. I also have, you know, I, I got the utmost respect for the MEAC and uh, Andre Lowe and his guys. And, you know, with them losing teams, some of, it's a possibility that some of those guys might come over, you know, just for the fact that he would lose crews and I, I would have to gain a crew or two. Right. So, plus, you say you're going to have to stretch out to Florida a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. And, and we got some guys from Florida, you know. Right. So it's not like we're reinventing the wheel, you know. Okay. So we'll get to Florida and look at some people also. And um, some of our guys in Alabama down by Mobile and stuff like that can get to Florida too, you know. So we're definitely looking to expand. And But, you know, we don't just want to have numbers. We want to have quality, you right. know. Well, Eddie, once again, sir, thank you for joining us on the Unofficial Lounge. Chuck, thank you for being our surprise guest today. It, it was it was great to sit down and talk to you, gentlemen. And I can't wait to we can do it in person and have a, a nice glass of XO with us. Thank, thank you, boss. My pleasure to even be a part of it with Eddie. It really was. So, Ashante, you got a way to go to be right there where you want to be. Move to Florida, sounds like, man. Move to Florida. <laughs> hey, Arkansas wouldn't be kidding. bad either. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. Just kidding. Hey, they got a um, center in Florida, so I, I, I can transfer. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but again, guys, it was an honor, and I appreciate it, you know. And uh, I hate that we couldn't make the last time, but, you know, it, it was fun to be here and, Hopefully, uh, those that uh, that catch you guys, you know, can get in touch with me. I'm, as Shante can tell you, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm accessible, you know. Every. So I don't mind talking to you. And and I'm, I'm like Chuck. I'm kind of brutally honest sometimes. But, you know, it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> we're definitely looking for quality officials that put in the time and grind and uh, want to move up. So that's what it's all about. All right. Thank you, Mr. Eddie Kelly, coordinator, right, officials, <laughs> coordinator officials of the Southwest Athletic Conference. Thank you, sir. On the next episode of the Unofficial Lounge, we speak to first-year Pac-12 official Maya Shaka. And now football, I understood football was now becoming more political because there was less people to protect me. Um, I was pretty much on my own at that point. And me, I'm not a, a political person. I'm like real, I like to get to know people. That's how I am, I'm a genuine person. You're not my friend, I can't fake be friends with you, you know? And so I noticed that was like a huge thing, the next step up with officiating, you had to learn to be political and had to learn to play the game. Thank you for listening to this episode. Remember to please like and subscribe as the Unofficial Lounge is available on all your podcast streaming outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. We look forward to you joining us next time in the Unofficial Lounge.